very, very careful when it comes to the teaching and the interpretation or the explanation of God's word. The reason is because I'm just trying every day to grow in my knowledge of God's word and understand God's word better. And I try to do everything possible to see to it that what I have known about God's word in the past, I'll be very, very sure that I have been correct on the Lord. The scripture is Psalm 91. The Bible said that when in the secret place of the most high, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I, and when I got to that point, I started asking myself, should I use the scripture? The reason is because all I know about Psalm 91 is all I have known about Psalm 91. And the question is this all I knew about Psalm 91, is it the right thing? The interpretation I have had of Psalm 91, is it actually the right interpretation? We'll get there. I thought that scripture was on the slide. So if you have it there, let's read. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Hudeh, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, why ye, why ye be with him? And if you seek him, you will find him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God and without the teaching priest and without the law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of death. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nations was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your heart, your hands be weak, for your works will be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, they took courage and put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon and he fell to him out of, out of Israel in abundance. When they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the fifteenth year of the, of the reign of Asa and they, and they offered sorry about that And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their hearts. You don't have your Bibles with you, so what are you reading? You have two Bibles with you, why not give somebody else?
Should we continue? Bring your Bibles to church. Just bring your Bibles to church. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their hearts and with all their soul. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swore unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they are sworn with all their hearts. And sought him with their whole desire. And it was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. And also concerning Maka, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from Big Queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cut down an idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook of Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect in all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father. The tongue is coming into my phone. I dedicated that he himself had dedicated, had dedicated silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war under the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. Praise God forever. Amen. How to enjoy peace roundabout. Before chapter 15, there is chapter 14. And I want to take you back to chapter 14 of the scripture so that we can begin from there. Chapter 14, verse 12 to 15. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. And the Ethiopians fled, and Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gera. And the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. And they carried away every spoil, and they smote all the cities round about Gera. For the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle, and carried away sheep and camels in abundance, and returned to Jerusalem. Chapter 14 gave a record of the war that Asa went to fight. King Asa. He went for the war, he defeated the people. If you begin from verse 1 of chapter, of chapter 14, you will discover that it got to a point, Asa had to pray unto God. That even though the people are much or few, you have the ability to deliver. So God, we are calling on you to intervene on our behalf. And actually God showed up and they won the, the battle. But who would believe that a king with this kind of record and a people with this kind of record can be a people that don't even know God? There are so many people that pray, there are so many people that call on the name of God. But in the true sense, they don't even know the God they are calling. Somebody called me this morning while I was driving to work and was sharing the revelation she had. And one of the things I told her is this, I don't want to go into the business of the revelation, but one of the things I told her is this, hold on to your faith. There is a difference between being religious. One of the men of God I encountered early in ministry taught me something many years ago. 
Bishop Noah Jones. He said that the person is not spiritual, that the person is not religious, may eventually may mean that the person is very spiritual. Because a spiritual man to a religious man is problem. Because once you are spiritual, you are most likely not to become religious. You don't behave the way the religious folks behave. You don't talk the way they behave, the, the religious folks talk. I get it now. The religious folk believe that you must tie your hair. You mustn't wear earring. You don't wear gold. I get it now. You don't. You don't wear ribbon and stuff like that. Praise God forever. So a guy like Asa, with this kind of record of victory, was still a man that does not know God. So in chapter fifteen, verse one. The Spirit of the Lord came upon a prophet that was called Oded. And when you read about Prophet Oded, he was one of the least, as in, he, he, was not a, he was not a known prophet. You know, as Nigeria is now, we have the known prophets. Are you getting now? But you see, when God wants to speak to you, God could choose to speak to you even through a camel. He could choose to speak to you even through a donkey. Hallelujah to God. So, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Oded, and he went to King Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The above prophecy is to make King Asa and the people know the importance of dwelling with God and the importance of abiding in God. The prophecy opens with a clear statement, the Lord be with you when you are with him. Praise God forevermore. You see this from chapter, from chapter 91, and I began to ask myself, what does it really mean to dwell in the secret place of the Most High? And what does it really mean to abide under the shadow of the Almighty? If you know, if we, we, have, we claim a lot, of, with a lot of promises in chapter 91, without knowing what the, the requirement for the claiming of those prophets, of those promises. For example, the Bible said, the, small, the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. People forget, or people abandon Psalms chapter 91, verse 1, and just jump to the other verses, and dive into the other verses, and begin to clear, lay hold of those promises, or begin to lay hold of those years of those promises. But the Bible started in verse 1 by saying, if you want to, if the, if the sun that, 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 if the sun will not smite you by day, not the moon smiting you by night, if the pestilence that walk in darkness or in noonday, if you don't want these things to come near your dwelling, there is a requirement. And the requirement is in verse 1. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen to me. I want to build constant fellowship with God. Even in the prison, I want to be in touch with God. When my house is collapsing, I want to be in touch with God. When my wife is on admission, I want to be in touch with God. When I receive a call that something has happened in my place of work, I want to be in touch with God. When the news came to Job that his children were dying, his children had died, his business had turned upside down, everything has failed. 
The Bible said it was offering sacrifice. If you seek God, you will find Him. God reveals Himself to you the more you go closer seeking Him. God is never far from a seeking heart. Have you heard people say that? Oh, He just seems as if God has forsaken me. No, God doesn't forsake nobody. I don't know. I don't know why I feel these days. It's as if God is far from me. See that God is not far from you. You must learn to abide. You must learn to seek. Deuteronomy chapter 40, chapter 4, verse 29. You will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Please let me quickly say something here tonight. In your study of God's word, I want you to cultivate the habit of studying the word bit by bit. There were so many interpretations of God's word you had, they were wrong. So many that I also had, they were all wrong. So, I know too many scriptures. I know a lot of scriptures. A lot of scriptures. I can just be talking and I'll be talking scriptures. But you know what? I have the knowledge, I have the scriptures in my head. But I never knew the right interpretations. I don't know the scriptures in context. I didn't know them in context. So one of the things I started doing during the course of this teaching on uh, maturity is to be taking God's word bit by bit. Interrogate, talk, discuss with the Bible. Why would the Bible say this? Why would the Bible say that? Praise God forevermore. God does not forsake people. When people forsake God, they feel forsaken by God. If you forsake Him, He will forsake you. That's one of the prophecies of today. He said, hey, if you forsake God, God will forsake you. But this is the good news. God does not forsake people. It is when we forsake Him that He looks as if He has forsaken us. Am I communicating now? When the prodigal son packed everything the father gave to him and walked away, who moved? Preach to me now. Who moved? It was the prodigal son that moved. The father's house was still in the same place. Amen. The father's wealth was increasing. It was the boy that packed the things and walked away. And the Bible said, every day the father stood outside waiting for his arrival. So, if in your journey in God, it looks as if God is distant from you. God is not. He's constant. He's God. You don't know the God you said. He is the God that was in yesterday, that remained in yesterday. He is the God that is in today, that remains in today. And he's the God that has gone ahead of you into tomorrow. Don't get distracted. 
Is it yesterday? He's there. Is it today? Look, if you want to know the events of yesterday, God doesn't need to live today and go into yesterday. He's there. It's God that is in today, and while he is in today, he has gone ahead of you to tomorrow. He doesn't forsake people. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shutting that he cannot say, neither is he as heavy that he cannot hear. That's Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. His hands are not shutting, his ears are not deaf. His hand, it does not lack the ability to rescue you. But this is the problem. It is you that went back. That's why it is called backslide. The more you move backward, the further you become from him. Am I close to this thing? Can I touch it? Can I carry it? Am I still close to it? Can I touch it? I'm still close. Can I touch it? Can I carry it? Can I carry it? Am I still close to it? Can I touch it? I can't touch it anymore. Can I touch it? So the further I go, the further I become from this thing, not that the thing is now far from me. Who is far from who now? It is me that is far from it. So the prophet of that came to us and said, look, you may be winning battles, but there is something that is wrong. You have left the place of fellowship, the place of abiding. You know, after Sunday teaching, on Monday morning I woke up, and I was scared to pray. I was awake on Monday morning, and I, I was scared to open my prayer uh, show what the prophecy. I was scared to open it to pray. Because I had to ask myself, am I praying because I want to feel good today that oh, God I woke up today and pray? Or I want to pray right now because God is God, God deserves my prayers. Because I'm praying to Him. Where's through which people forsake God? Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3 to 4. Now for a long season, Israel have been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without the Lord. But when they in their trouble they turned unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, it was found of them. For what? A long season. They were without what? God, they were without again something else. Can we read verse three together, please? They were without the true God. They were without a teaching priest and they were without the law. But when they now find themselves in trouble, because one of the times people always come to God is when they are in trouble. See, before I started teaching, I made a statement. If you have not been waking up to pray, wake up to pray. 
I don't want to find God when I'm in trouble. I want to find God at all times so that I will not fall into trouble. Did you get that? If peradventure I even fall into trouble because I've always sought him, he will sort it out. There's somebody here this evening that wants to say, I want to deliberately go to New Bimina and go and for trouble. Amen? Nobody. But in their trouble, they turned unto God, they sought him, and he was found of them. The prophecy went on to describe the bastard of Israel. This was their issue. They become very, very self-sufficient. They become very, very confident without God. They avoided the people that should teach them the word and to make matters worse, they even abandoned the word itself. Let me quickly say something tonight. Every time you read the Bible, whether old, most of the time from the Old Testament, grow up to the point where you buy, if you are reading from the Old Testament, you see the New Testament in the Old Testament. Because everything that was written from Genesis to Malachi was pointing to the New Testament. Take that from me tonight. Everything that was written from Genesis to Malachi was pointing to the New Testament. There is nothing that was written in the Old Testament that was not pointing to the New Testament. So now you must begin to read the word of God that if you are reading Exodus, you are seeing Jesus in it. Until you read God's word to that point, you may not be able to explain the New Testament very well. That every time you open the word, you are reading Malachi, you are reading Isaiah, you are seeing the New Testament, you are reading Jeremiah, you are seeing Jesus. Because the prophecies of Isaiah is directing us to the New Testament. A stem will come out of the root of Jesse. The spirit of the Lord rests upon him. The spirit of wisdom. He is not talking about a prophet. He's not talking about one apostle or one prophet. He's talking about the Messiah. I think chapter 6 of the book of Isaiah. He said that God, he said, he said, uh, unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Are you getting out? The government shall be upon his shoulders. When Isaiah was prophesying and he began to say that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, he was not talking of himself, he was talking of the he was talking of the Messiah. So every time you are reading God's word, you must begin to see the New Testament in the old. If not, you may not be able to give the adequate interpretation to the Old Testament. You just say it's Old Testament, there's nothing, there's something there. There is no New Testament without the old. Okay, let's keep going. The job of the fivefold ministry is to teach the word of God to the people of God. It results of spiritual and moral quality of people's lives. The truth about God will decline when the teaching of the word stops or is not properly done. Pastor Kodjoemane said, he said if you teach the word of God right, he said people will live right. He said if you teach it wrong, people will live wrong. 
People will respond to how you teach the word. Your intention may be pure, but if your interpretation is wrong, the people will live a wrong life. Your, inter- your intention of prosperity may be right, but if your interpretation of the message of prosperity is wrong, people will pursue that message wrongly and begin to live the, the, their prosperity consciousness wrongly. I was telling somebody, and the person was telling me that ah, this person is a giver. He said, but ah, there's this small thing that the person is supposed to take to church and dash church people. I said, that person is a giver, but he does not have kingdom knowledge of giving. Amen? He's a giver. He's a giver. But the person lacks adequate kingdom knowledge. I give from kingdom perspective. So if the world is properly thought, the people's life will improve. Are you getting that? The people's lives improve. That is why you can see somebody that is supposed to be on a sick bed will carry himself and walk into church. You will see that you hear that somebody's son or daughter died, somebody's parent died, and on a midweek service, not Sunday, you see the person walk into church. The reason is because the prophecy of James has found fulfillment in his life. Are you getting now? The person has grown up into maturity. My pastor back then in Kaduna, Pastor uh, Reverend Ken, I said, they, we were to come for, is it Wednesday service, yes? And they called him that his father was there. He still came to church on his bike, boom, got to church, finished teaching us for that evening, then he made the announcement. But the father died. And few weeks later, the church member had. So you mean that all this while you have been coming to teach and all this thing, your father was there? He said, it's my father. Amen? And it's not your father, it's my father. So why are you taking the matter more serious than me? Is a level of maturity. Second Chronicles chapter 17, verse 9 to 7. Verse 7 to 9. See what a king did. When he ascended the throne, one of the things he did to secure sanity in the nation and to secure sanity in the kingdom is this. Also, in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, even to even to Ben Hale. And to Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nathaniel, and to Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. This is the primary assignment of the Levites. This is the primary assignment of the first of the fivefold ministry. Whether you are a prophet, whether you are an apostle, whether you are whether you are an evangelist, your primary assignment is to teach the word. Let's read on. And with them, he sent Levites, even Shemaiah, and, 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 and Netaniah, and Zebadiah, and these names all are great. Can we leave the names now? And with the Elishama and, Jeho- and Jehoram, priests, and they taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and went about throughout all the cities of Judah, and taught the people. 
also talks about evangelism. So, taking us for two weeks ago, thereabouts, when I was teaching that the kingdom we advance not through physical prosperity, but by the prosperity of the souls. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul. Are you getting now? It is the prosperity of the soul that brings about the prosperity of the gospel. If you don't prosper in your soul, you may prosper in your pocket and the gospel will not prosper. So they went about and they were teaching the people. They were teaching them God's word. There is a movement currently. I, I don't want to say anything about them. I'm taking my time to study what they are doing. It's a movement already in Nigeria. Because most of us just wake up every day and we see things happening on the internet. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't understand trends, we don't understand times. There is a current movement that just ordained young people as pastors and they are scattered everywhere currently as a doctor. You know that girl that came here that time? Just, I told you that time, that thing you saw is a move, it's a movement. But this is the only fear I have about them. These people they are releasing worry everywhere that are starting churches now. Are they really are they really grounded? Because for everything you call faith, there was an original. Do you get that? There can never be faith if there's no original. It's impossible. The reason why there can be fake pastors is because there are genuine pastors. I don't know any fake pastors anyway. I don't, I don't know fake pastors. There can never be the fake of this research if there is no original. So for every good intention, the devil manipulates and brings something evil from When Baba Kumi came up with that, with the message of holiness, he had a very pure intention. Very pure intention. And people started twisting me, they 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 twisted and twisted and and it has become something else now that people are no longer interested in. So they just have a camp meeting somewhere for like three days or one week. After the camp meeting, they just release you. As you hit your city, you are starting a group. Just start a small church. It's currently going on in Nigeria. And they're going about with the message of faith. Grace. Those are the messages they teach. When there is no right teaching of God's word, people become lawless, faithless. Everyone do what they think is right in their own eyes. Judges chapter 21 verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did, what, did that which was right in his own eyes. The prophecy further explains the implication of seeking God. No matter how far you have gone, if you turn and seek God, you will always find Him. Because God is nearer than you think. God is never far. It is man that is far. Romans chapter 13 verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now, is, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
God is closer than you think. All God is interested in is for you to abide in the place of fellowship. And abiding in the place of fellowship is not coming to church alone. It's not waking up in the morning to pray. Abiding in fellowship is constantly hosting the presence of God everywhere and at every time. Constantly hosting Him. You are, you are Holy Spirit conscious. You remember those days that if you're born again, they, they will tell they call you Spirit Coco. Yeah, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. It's not that those days people were now over hyper, they were hyper, over hyper, they were hyping the thing. You are supposed to be Spirit Coco. Are you getting it now? That you just walk into a place. That's how we're doing those days. I don't know if somewhere fake, somewhere real. Because I smell, I smell it weird. <laughs> I, it's a fact. That's you. That's you. I smell sin. <laughs> I smell sin here. Kandalabash. There's a brother here. They're wearing the red boxers. Kalibo Shandala. Your sanda is fine. Yes, it's who I'm talking to now. Spirit coco. Because you're supposed to be spiritual at all times. That's what it means to be spirit coco. So it advanced from that level, the spirit coco on appearance. From my parents, it had died. You know, I was thinking some days ago, Pastor T. And this was what I started telling myself. Christianity has actually been reduced to nothing. And this is the reason. We, we have grown up to give names to everything we do. I saw one of those boys I passed out in school. I don't want to mention it, but this is on record. He's traveling somewhere. Posted a picture online, it's at the airport. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me again. There is something about prosperity and the anointing. When prosperity comes and you are not conscious, prosperity brings alive the sinful nature that was in you. I'm trying to explain this thing. As Pastor T is now, all the while I have known him, he's always carrying low thoughts. I get it now. But if there was if there was a worldly consciousness in you, or if there is a worldly consciousness in you, these dreadlocks, I get it now, this kind of hip-hop dressing, wearing tattered jeans and all of those stuff, if it is inside of you. What is hiding it now is because you don't have the resources. Are you getting now? So this is what prosperity does. When it enters you and you are not prepared for it, it brings out that sinful nature. That, that well, not, not let me use the word sinful. That worldly nature in you. You know, you unconsciously you want to relax your head. I don't even get what I'm saying. It's not that Pastor Gaga upgraded. That is this the day inside me sees. I'm just looking for the finances to finance it. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just looking for the finances to finance it. You know, I, I become so blessed that my TV like this now and my parlor is like this. And once in a while, the man of God just says, you just pull up with blues. <laughs> I get it now. You just, just, just pull up with blues. That, that, that you know that for 15 years of 
knowing me is not associated with me. Are you getting me now? The, the man of God just said, well, well, God has blessed us to a level now. We can drink, we can drink like 7% red wine. At that time, 7% become just. The reason is because the bottle of that wine is 40,000. And you know, the man of God has become so blessed. What's taking me to what I'm saying now? Let's say it anyway. The man of God does not have the resources to drink it. It's just 8%. Let's meet at the club. Later in the evening, let's go to the club, the, the, golf, the golf course. And we get to the golf course. It's just, it's just 7%. You see, from it's just 7%, we'll begin to drink 25%. And from there, we'll be drinking like that. <laughs> Why? It was inside. The resources, are you getting thought to finance it, was not there. So the resources has now come. You now see my wife. She will no longer care that clothes, a trouser that is very skinny and tight and all of those things that will reveal a bum bum. You know, say, you know, the woman of God has just been, has just been elevated. That worldly nature was inside of her. The woman of God now. <laughs> the woman of God now cannot, cannot just put gold. Pure gold uh, we bought. Very pure gold. Some can just come up with silver. And, and the makeup will be so loud and shouty. Eh? You know, say, you know, the Lord has blessed you. The Lord has blessed the woman of God. And you're not beginning to see how she'll put like eight rings on her hands. Eight. God has blessed the woman of God. She cannot decide to put oh in her nose and add another hearing. I know God has blessed the woman of God. The ministry is booming. You are booming to hell. <laughs> You see, this is why God deliberately and consciously takes us through process. It takes us through process. It takes us through process. It begins to prune all these things from our lives. Now, when it now brings us to the place of fame and affluence, it will not appear as if we have arrived, if there is a word like that. For many years ago, now I have known that we don't blow in ministry. It's not a place we come to blow. We don't blow yet. If we have money, it's a default setting. If we drive good car, it's a default. We don't blow. Are you getting it? We did not blow. It's, it's, it's a thing that we have. It has got into its time and it's happening. This woman has drive a big jeep to church tomorrow. And I said, you, the, the beauty, you don't blow. No, you did not blow. God just blessed you. We'll continue this on Sunday. So on my Sunday, I'll be showing you how to live, to enjoy rest, round about. I can't, I can't, I can't finish that first Chronicles 17, 14, 15. Just listen, it's not possible. My time is up. So we'll continue on Sunday, so that we'll show you what King Asa did, why he did the things he did, and the Bible recorded that he enjoyed peace round about. Round about peace. Round about this. Praise God forevermore. Open your mouth this evening and say, Father, I come home. I draw closer. I come nearer. I am nearer. I am nearer in fellowship. Nearer in worship. Nearer in my love. Nearer in my commitment. In Jesus' precious name.
Amen. God bless and keep you. Cause his countenance to shine on you. Be gracious unto you. Do you good on every side. Cause his light to shine on your path. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every enchantment against you will not materialize. Every plan against you will not come to pass. Every gathering because of you, you defeat them all. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every negative word spoken because of you is averted tonight. God is raising men and women that will stand to speak on your behalf. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone sick as a member of this church will speak healing tonight in the name of Jesus. Everyone into business, I command your businesses to prosper. I say flourish. Let the city open to you. Let your eyes begin to see begin to see opportunities. Let your mind begin to think great ideas in the precious name of Jesus. Let small businesses become mighty businesses. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. I am a dignitary, meant to make my dignitaries. I'm a man of excellence, I'm a man of integrity, I'm a man of righteousness. Wherever I appear, I represent Christ, I manifest the supernatural, I represent DHC, I walk into my place of influence, I walk into my place of good things. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Peace.